0: Welcome to A Little Juju Podcast. This is the podcast all about black, honey. I said that in caps lock. Black-ass spirituality, honoring our ancestors, honoring ourselves, and decolonizing our spiritual practices, decolonizing our spiritual beliefs and traditions on our path to freedom, one episode at a time. I am your host, Juju Bay, and I come to this show as a medium, as a hoodoo practitioner- as an Orisha devotee and all around theologian. I love religion. I love black ass religions and I love to talk about them. So that's what this show is about. If you're into that, you are in the right place. If you are a longtime listener, hey boo, if you're new, hey boo. This month of February is Black History Month. Yay! (laughs) Of course, this is a black ass show. Of course, we celebrate blackness and black history all the time here. But this month, we're just doing it a little extra. So each episode in February will be a mini sewed. So it'll be a little shorter than our typical episodes. But we're going to talk about an amazing, powerful ass conjurer, a powerful root worker, folks who practice hoodoo. Uh, we're just going to uplift an individual in each mini-sode Episode because it is Black History Month and it is important to know our roots of where we come from. So today we're going to talk about Gullah Jack. We're going to talk about Gullah Jack, y'all. Know Gullah Jack, honey. When I talk about on this path to freedom, Gullah Jack know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so sit back, relax. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's drop this intro and let's get into the show. Welcome, happy Black History Month. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. A little juju. A little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Confirm no say no say And I'll never, never get play. play I'll take your photo to the grave But that ain't even my thing I just stay at the crossroads pray I just pour a little honey from my face to make a stay Cause I hate when Bailey's But I manifest a little with my Bailey's ancestors baby so i give them everything that they gave me yeah so i can't be stopped manifested everything gives me props i'm spiritually rounded while i'm on the top my spirits surrounded. would like to keep up with the conversation of the show while you're listening you can hashtag A L J pod you can hashtag a little juju podcast it's a little long or hashtag juju if you're interested in bringing me out to your school, to your workplace, to do some kind of workshop, to do an interview, anything like that, you can hit me up on my website, it's jujubay.com. I actually have had different institutions reach out to have me speak at schools, uh, to have me come and talk to um, classes and at museums. Like Those things have been rolling in. So I appreciate y'all for for doing that. Cause girl, I love a panel. I'm so happy. I'm going to be on two panels soon and to get paid for this, I like amazing blessed. So thank y'all for doing that. You can reach out to me on my website if that's something that you're interested in too. Um, okay. So like I said, this is going to be a mini sold. It's not going to be long, but it's going to be good. It's going to be black (laughs) before we get into talking about the Gullah Jack. Let's talk a little bit about donations so I can shout out my new patrons and the new folks who have donated to make this show possible. So as you may know, this show is hosted, edited, produced, put together all of that by me, Juju. In this moment, it is a one woman show and it takes a lot of labor. It's a labor of love, but it's still labor. You know, podcasting is not free. And so I ask for donations to sort of help offset some of the costs that come with the podcast and also just to support the work, you know, support me doing this. Um, Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it to support me doing this. So if you are interested in supporting me doing this work, there are a few different ways to donate to the show. There are monetary ways and non-monetary ways. Let's start with the monetary ways. To monetarily support the show, you can just send a little donation to my cash app. That's dollar sign. It's Jujube. I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E. You can also do that on Venmo or through PayPal. If you would like to send me a little donation through PayPal, my email is the-T-H-E-J-U-J-U-B-A-E at gmail.com, jujubay.com. You can hit me up on the PayPal. Now, if you want to do a more committal way to donate to the show, just a monthly donation that you don't have to think about, you sign up for, and then money comes out of your account on the first day, you can sign up through my Patreon. Um, You can go to my site and find my Patreon or go to patreon.com slash jujube. And there, I ask for donations of $3 or more a month, depending on the tier that you select you will get a shout out on the show as well as some of my eBooks, as well as some of the offerings that I put on my Patreon that are exclusive to my patrons. We just did a book giveaway on Patreon. So shout out to the winners of the book giveaway. Um, So if you would like to become a patron, go on, head over to Patreon. And now I wanna shout out my new patrons since last episode. I want to just say thank you to the folks who signed up. Alrighty, Tati. so big, big, big shout-out to my newest patrons. Shout-out to Ashley Somerville for becoming a patron. Shout-out to Krista for upping your pledge. Thank you, Krista. Shout-out to Elise Coleman, Alyssa Gable, Kobe Guilford, Tatiana, Amina morris Zephyrin, Chloe Tabron, Tabron, Ray G.B., Isa Zuluga Zuluaga, or Isa, I'm so sorry if I butchered your name, love. I appreciate you and thank you. Kiera, thank you for upping your pledge. Alexa Esperanza, thank you, for becoming a patron. Uh Kareem thank you for upping your pledge. Delectable 22, thank you so much for pledging. Janelle became a patron. Thank you so much. Brittany Nicole, Brianna, or maybe Brianna. Brianna, thank you. Kemi, thank you for becoming a patron. Jay Percy, Lucky Doll, Audrey, Valerie Kelly, Danny Jackson. Hey, Danny. Alexandria Wilson, Courtney Bex, Lindsay Elodi, You're Not Privy, Ayana Bowman, thank you so much, Yolanda McGuire, thank you for upping your pledge, Sutton Bacote, Bacote, thank you so much for becoming a patron, Jasmine Santana, Gina Mosley, Raquel Johnson, Lindsay E. Jones, Shakira Hicks, Shiana Hicks, Kemiade, Thank you so much, Marnay. Thank you, Destiny Worship, Morgan Powell. Hey, Morgan. Madison Aubrey, thank you for upping your pledge. Raven, thank you for becoming a patron. Marjorie Ni Murchu, thank you for becoming a patron. Heal sell First. Farah, Gabby Snowden, Nick Roundtree, thank you for upping your pledge. Richarda Bond, Lauren Watkins, DJ Harris, Tamara Lee, Carlin Wright, Jalen Houghton. Thank you for upping your pledge. And that is it. Y'all showed out this week. What I did? Y'all must have liked that last episode. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing the energy of money with me. I do not take it lightly. I appreciate you all so much for pouring into this show. So that I can pour back into you. You make it possible for me to do that. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I am sharing the energy of abundance with all of you. So all of the things that you want to manifest, all of the things that you want to have for yourself, all of the money that you need, I'm speaking that over your life and speaking over your abundance our gifts of resources that we share with each other. Thank you for sharing with me. I'm sharing it back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, if you don't have the funds right now, or you just, you just ain't doing it. That's cool. There are different ways to donate to the show. Just tell people about the podcast. Tell them what you're listening to post about it, subscribe, put your notifications on so that when I post a new episode, you get the little ping. So you already know, um, All of that, just talking about it, reviewing on Apple Podcasts, writing reviews, five-star it, liking on SoundCloud, commenting, all of that helps the algorithm. All of that gets the good juju word out, the good juju gospel, and that helps support the show too. And I'm very, very grateful for those who are consistently posting about the show, tagging me in things, telling people what they're listening to, and giving it as a resource. Thank you. This is a resource for other people, for other black people, especially. So share the resource. So big shout out to y'all too. Sharing that energy of love and abundance with you as well. And that is how you can donate to the show. So thank you all for tuning into this. And now let's get into our mini so All you need is a little juju. So let's get into our juju black history fact with none other than Gullah Jack. Now, before I start to talk about Gullah Jack, let me set the scene. So, Gullah Jack was an enslaved person, enslaved man, alive in the 1800s who was in Charleston, South Carolina at the time. Now, Charleston, South Carolina is one of the, and South Carolina in general, was one of the places that a lot of enslaved Africans were brought to first. A lot of our ancestors went through South Carolina. Some stayed and were enslaved there. Others were sold off to other places in the South. But South Carolina, I believe, is the one that had the most slave ports in the United States. So South Carolina actually has a lot of very powerful history in thinking about things that our ancestors were able to accomplish. Um, slave revolts, uprisings, fighting back. I mean, who do conjure? There's a lot of that that happens in South Carolina just because it was South Carolina. So the time is 1822. And there was a law at the time in South Carolina that uh, required South Carolina slaveholders to get approval from the state before they could free their slaves. So it couldn't just be that, you know, you wanted to free an enslaved person, uh, a slave, uh, an enslaved person wanted to buy their freedom. No, you couldn't do that. It's already bad enough that they're slaves, okay? There's enslaved people. But on top of that, then, even before the slave master could free an an enslaved person, they had to get approval from the state of South Carolina in order to do that. So then another, creating another barrier for black folks to be free. This is just another systemic barrier from them to do that. So, some enslaved folks, our ancestors heard that, and they was like, oh, hell no. Mm Mm-mm, nope. So we are going to schedule and have an uprising where we are going to slaughter a bunch of slave owners and slave masters and people who have us enslaved and we are going to run to freedom. This was a, you know, rumor has it that this was not just involving uh, sort of like the 35 people who were planning this, roughly 35 people who were planning this um, being led by Denmark Vesey, who I'll get into as well but it included um folks all across the south like they were all going to be a part of this big uprising that was going to happen that was planned in 1822 um because eventually they were all going to come together and travel to the free land of Haiti so i know a lot of times we do talk about Haiti as the the first successful um first successful uprising you know we know that Haiti beat france in their freedom and was a free state it was seen as like a free land it was seen as like a promised land more or less and that inspired our ancestors even though my direct ancestors and if you are from the states were not in haiti haiti was like a possibility model and you know so we still continue to connect and converse with our ancestors across the waters and in different parts of the South to eventually free ourselves and travel to Haiti. So that was the plan for for these folks in South Carolina. They was gonna bust their heads open, kill these slave masters, organize with other folks in the south, other black folks in the south, and gone off to, to Haiti to be free. Let's talk a little bit about Denmark Vesey. So Denmark Vesey was a a carpenter. He was literate, actually. And he was sort of the mastermind behind this revolt that never happened. So, you know, he planned this to protest the law in South Carolina. And um, he is, has Ghanaian ancestry, I think that's important to say. Uh, and yet he worked as a translator for different white folks. He spoke French, he spoke Spanish, he spoke English, and he was he was, um, very, you know, because he had all of those gifts or he had that level of education, you know, he was, uh, white folks wanted to, to, to have him because he could bring in some coin, you know, he, he could speak a bunch of languages. He could translate. He, a hot commodity. He was a hot commodity. Um, but in 1799, he actually won the lottery and he bought his own freedom he bought his own freedom at 32 when he won the lottery anyway so they planned this you know he was the mastermind behind the whole uprising that was going to happen um apparently it was supposed to coincide with july 14th uh to coincide the the french revolution so this is the moment where black folks were going to get free in the states and you know it's they're using the the day of july 14th to signify like this is a freedom day so he got support from enslaved folk and free black people. Now, not everyone agreed on the plan since when does everybody agree on the plan, but it was something that was talked about and, and being executed and planned out and they was meeting and it was a whole thing behind it. Um, and so Vessie actually ended up becoming a minister and was one of the founders of the AME church and in the church. And as we've, talked about in this podcast before, the church has actually been a space where people have organized uh, the place that black folks were able to talk about what is going on, not even just their traumas, but like how the hell we're going to get out of here. So it was a space of worship and praise and, and healing and planning uprising and fighting and pushing against the system. In order to liberate their bodies and liberate themselves so we see the church as a place for that black folks um and our ancestors did that work i wish the church still served as that place Whew. but that's neither here nor there and for clarity uh, denmark vesey did not start or found the ame church it had already been founded in philadelphia i believe at the time but he was the one to bring the ame to charleston at the time so you know, they would meet in churches that were led by white folk. But when the sun went down, the black folks would go in there. And this was illegal. This was dangerous. Black folks are not supposed to be congregating and worshiping and playing it. Because that's what they were doing. They were playing the uprisings. Slave masters knew that, but they continued to do it anyway. So Denmark uh, being one of the, the lead, I guess, ministers, you would call it there there was some church attendees. And one of those church attendees went by the name of Gullah Jack, also known as Cowder Jack. Um, and then Gullah Jack Pritchard was his name. Pritchard was the the name, the last name of who owned him, Pritchard. So Gullah Jack was an African born man. He was purchased as a prisoner of war um, in Zanzibar on Africa's Eastern shore. And eventually he was brought to South Carolina. He was brought to Charleston. And then uh, Paul Pritchard or Pritchard bought uh, him in 1821. So he is described as a short man with bushy side whiskers who acted artful for Europeans. So when I was doing my research, he, he... you know, they kind of label it as, a, as him having like a shuck and jive perso- persona or personality. So what that means for those who don't know, like shucking and jiving or acting, quote unquote, artful for white folks or Europeans kind of means, you, you know, you just putting on the show like, oh, hey, messa, hum, hum, how you doing? You know, you kind of over exaggerating your mannerisms and how you're living your life sort of to entertain or please, or maybe not seem like much of a threat to white people. Um, and so that's how his uh, persona was described. So he was a member of the church and eventually Denmark Vesey, you know, reached out to him and was like, bro, you know, you trying to be a Lieutenant. We got this slave rate. I mean, we got this um, uprising coming up in July and, I want you to be a part of it. And he agreed. He was recruited as one of the lieutenants. So, Gullah Jack was known as the conjurer. Well, as a conjurer. And his nickname was the little man who can't be killed. Because he had a reputation as a powerful root doctor. He would use the uh, herbs. He would use the roots. He would use medicine to poison, to protect. He created mojo bags. It's said that actually when he was... um, when he was stolen from from Africa and brought to the South, he actually always carried a mojo with him. Like he got to keep his mojo bags. And for those who don't know, we've talked about mojo bags are basically little satchels that have different materials, animal parts, ingredients, herbs, roots in it too protect, to heal, to do a whole variety of things. You can have a mojo bag for anything. So he ca he always had his mojo bag on him. So he was known as like as a root doctor. He was known as the root man. Um but the root man with the church <laughs> so remember he was he was an attendee of the church. Gullah Jack was Um, an instrumental figure because he was important in spreading the message of Denmark's plan to seize the city of Charleston and kill the Europeans and then escape to Haiti. So he was the one, he was recruiting other black people to be a part of this. He was um, training specifically African born men as soldiers to do this for this uh, revolution. And he would be a, he was a big, it was important for him to also protect them. So he was creating mojos to protect Uh, the our ancestors who would be fighting and um he made talisman to to guarantee victory against white folks against the europeans um it says that he instructed his faithful so those who were going to fight he instructed them to only eat parched corn and ground nuts on the day of attack to keep them safe and to keep them from being wounded. And they were also instructed to put crab claws in their mouth as they fought. And this was also a spiritual protective shield to keep them safe. So, you know, let's just stop there and just think about this. So we have Denmark Vesey, who was a very, you know, he was an enslaved man. He bought his freedom, literate, you know, he was probably seen as someone like, oh, wow, that's that's Denmark because he was he was an upstanding guy. You know, he could speak multiple languages. He was he was a he was a preacher. He probably had a wonderful way with words. He was an organizer, like just that he's like that guy. And probably a bit intimidating or or even I can see folks looking to him like, oh, he, he, you know, yeah, watch out for Denmark now. He, he too sharp. He doing all this stuff. He's a free man, you know. And then we have, uh, so he had a little bit of money on. Him. He was a carpenter and he won the lottery. Remember, he won $1,500 at that time. He had a coin. Okay. And then, you know, you have Gully Jack, short man, kind of scruffy, known as the little man who can't be killed. And he was a little bit more radical. Now he was shucking and jiving for the white folk in front of the white folk, but behind the scenes, he was organizing and preparing people for war, preparing people and telling people how to attack and what spiritual methods and what spiritual things that they had to do to be able to, uh, be victorious in seizing Charleston in South Carolina. So a lot of people, you know, if Denmark Vesey couldn't draw in a certain type of crowd and certain kind of ancestors, our, uh, I'm sorry, Gullah Jack could draw in some other ones. Gullah Jack was probably calling in the hitters. You know what I mean? Gullah Jack was calling in the ones that, you know, probably other enslaved folk, uh, because he was an enslaved man so he he kind of drew in different crowds so he was the one that was spreading the word and people could probably identify with him a little bit more and they also respect the root workers they respect the conjurer so okay gully jack says it gully jack gonna bring us in it you know now this is just my interpretation this is how i'm seeing it based on my research that it probably went something like this he also uh, was said to have used his spiritual powers to terrify other people to keep silent about the conspiracy so probably you know and this is what we're gonna do this is how we're gonna seize the white folk this is how we're gonna fight this is what you're gonna carry on you now if I hear that you' done told I got a root for that ass you know I got a hex for you I don't want to get to that but don't be going and running in your mouth telling your master don't go running your mouth telling so-and- so because you know he is snitch don't be because I got something for that ass and it worked largely, but unfortunately, somebody snitched. It's always one snitch. I was reading that there was a mixed race, um, enslaved person who actually told his master about the revolt. And so Denmark was caught. Gullah Jack was captured he was captured on july 5th in 1822 and so the uprising actually never happened it was planned out they had they protectors, they had their mojos they had the ambulance they got the crab claw you know they got all this stuff was gonna eat the corn it didn't happen because somebody snitched so they were executed but it's interesting to talk about during Gullah Jack's trial he played the fool so much that some of the judges were like i know this fool was not you saying he was a lieutenant? He was recruiting people? He was doing all that? This man is a fool. He could never be a part of this. He could have never been a part of this. And he was tricking them. And then eventually there were some witnesses. You know, the trial progressed and witnesses came forward. They were like, no, I saw Jack. I know he was a part of this. And so... <laughs> And they they say that his demeanor changed as the as the trial progressed, because at first he was playing the fool and then he was kind of fooling everyone to think that he wasn't actually a part of this planned revolt. And then as witnesses started to testify against him, saying that they saw him or whatever, his whole demeanor changed. So he went from shucking and jiving to. Then they were saying that he, he would make hand signals and gestures in the courthouse that would made it seem as if, if anyone was testifying against him, that he was hexing them. So he would move his fingers around and, you know, make his eyes twitch and stuff as as if he was like putting a spell on him, which he could have been, but I'm just like imagining what that must have (laughs) looked like. And it's just, Gullah Jack sound like a trip, honestly. Um... Like he would scowl and give the accusers hard looks and everything. So he, the judges admonished him for trying to bewitch the witnesses. <laughs> so after that happened, unfortunately he was condemned to death and he was hung on July 12th, 1822, as well as um, Denmark and other, um, I think it was 35 other I believe just black men who were hung and executed because they were all sort of leaders in this uprising that never happened in Charleston. Um, and really that's the story of Jack. That's, that's kind of all that, that I was able to find about him, but I wanted to, uplift him and uplift that story to just talk about the importance of having spiritual protections and how our ancestors, even in the midst of war, in the midst of fighting, in the midst of uprising, you have to have somebody on there who is tapped in to spirit. You have to have someone in there who knows the medicine. You have to have someone who is able to do and work roots um, to to infuse not just physical protections, but spiritual protections. Um, I know now sometimes... You know, there's, crab claws are still used. I mean, animal parts and all of that, when we're making mojo bags, that's something that still comes up in divination for people. I actually just told someone in divination, like, you need a crab claw in your mojo bag. And then I, this was before I even looked at this story and then seeing this, I'm like, yeah, okay. That's why I said that. But um, that's the story of Gullah Jack. I want to uplift him on this Black History uh, My during this Black History Month, to say thank you to Gullah Jack for all that you did in order to get us free. And even though the revolt itself was not successful, it still is. Um, it still is something that is highly regarded. He is still seen. Gullah Jack is still honored amongst many folks, specifically Gullah Geechee folk in the Gullah Geechee na- Nation. You know, he is an admired. Man, for what we know about him, just because he essentially put his life on the line and worked the roots for our freedom and conjured for our freedom and protected us for our freedom. And and we need that, you know, as I talk about when I open the show every week and I say this is about decolonizing our spiritual practices on our path to freedom, you know, we are getting somewhere. By having these conversations We're not just talking about Spirituality And what our ancestors did in religion Just because it's cool It is cool But like we, we need to live In a better world Like we're still Experiencing so much trauma At the hands of the state um, And at the hands of Of Colonialism And at the hands of You know we live in a In a space that was Literally created by the On the backs of our ancestors And It's it, it still is being propelled in the richer getting richer and the poor getting poorer on the backs of, of people of color and black folks specifically. So, you know, this is this is this is a freedom fight. And we have to incorporate this when we're talking about changing, you know, our society, when we're tra- talking about changing law, when we're talking about fighting back. Is the spirit is not separate from that. The roots are not separate from that. Conjuring is not separate from that. And and so I, I thought that he would just be a beautiful example of, you know, how we can do both, how we can organize and how we can ground ourselves in spirit to do that and how we can fight and still ground ourselves in spirit and do that. And even though, like I said, it wasn't, it didn't happen. It's still a very powerful possibility uh, model on how to organize and also like. I'm sure it would have been very successful if that particular person did not snitch. It gotta be one snitch. It's always gotta be a snitch. <laughs> Damn. Dang. So uplifting our honorable ancestors who fought for us all the time, honoring our our ancestors like Gullah Jack who, who knew the importance of spirit in this work, in this healing work, in this fighting work, and in this liberation work. We love you. We see you. And we learn from you. And may you reach the highest parts of the heavens. May you reach the highest parts of the heavens. And that is the story of Gullah Jack. And I hope you enjoyed this minisode. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode of A Little Juju Podcast. If you would like to reach out to me, you can hit me up on my website, I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E, it's jujubay.com. And if you want to find me on social media, my social media is at a little Juju Podcast on Instagram. I'm also at I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E on Instagram, it's Bay, And I'm also it's Bay on Twitter, where I cut up and talk about everything from spiritual shit to not. <laughs> All of that. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Oh, I forgot to say, I didn't say this on the podcast. I'm a whole pastor now, okay? <laughs> I got my minister license, which is embarrassingly an embarrassingly easy process. I got my minister license. So if y'all want me to marry you, hit me up on my site because I can marry now. I, I, I'm, I'm ordained, period. We're ordained. <laughs> I just, (laughs) bye, y'all. Thank you for listening. And remember, all you need is a little juju. Later.